sound familiar? If your baby is going through another bout of bad diaper rash, then you need to give Dr. Mom Butt Balm a try. It was created by a mom who's also a doctor. When my kids were little, I remember using this thick, goopy cream to help soothe their sensitive skin. Ugh, it was so difficult to wipe off. Not with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. You only need a small amount, and it's really easy to apply and remove. It's also free of dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide, so it's gentle on your baby's delicate skin. Help your baby feel better and get relief from irritating diaper rash with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. Look for it on Amazon and Walmart.com. How long will you breastfeed your baby? Do you have any goals in mind? There are different recommendations out there, but most experts say giving your baby breast milk for the first six months to one year is ideal. But how do you actually make this happen? Today, we're exploring the practical side of breastfeeding, featuring moms who have been there, done that. We're the Boob Group. I use a breast pump. I hand express milk for my baby. I exclusively breastfeed. I use a nipple shield. I breastfed after a C-section. I use a milk bank. I breastfeed in public whenever I feel like it. I pump at work. I breastfeed with a cover. I breastfeed twins. I give my baby bottles. I made my own supplemental nursing system. I supplement with formula. I talk to my baby while I breastfeed. I'm breastfeeding as a survivor of sexual abuse. When I have extra milk, I share it with other moms. We are equal. We are the Boob Group. Welcome to the Boob Group. We're here to support all moms who want to give their babies breast milk and to respect the choices of moms who want to feed their babies in other ways. I'm Sunny Galt. Thanks so much for listening. What are your breastfeeding and pumping goals? Because we want to support you throughout your breastfeeding journey or your pumping journey, whatever your personal journey is. You can check out the complete list of all of our episodes we've featured so far. Simply go to our website at newmommymedia.com. Go to the Boob Group portion of the website and click on Episodes to see our guide. If there's a topic you want to know more about and it's not on our list, then please contact us through our website or Facebook or any of our social media, really, and we'll explore it for you. All right, so let's introduce everyone that's part of the conversation today. I am part of the conversation. I'm proud to be a mom that's breastfed for at least a year, so I'll introduce myself real quick. I'm Sunny, and as you know, I'm producing and moderating today's show, and I have four kids of my own. My oldest is five, and then I have a four-year-old boy, and then I have twins that are two and a half. Those are girls. And one of the things I want to do today I thought might be kind of fun is to add up how many months or years you've been breastfeeding between all your kids. So I've got four kids and mine's a little bit complicated because I've got twins, but I figured I have been breastfeeding or pumping for three and a half years. Although with the twins, most of the time it was tandem. So I'm not counting like, you know, right now I'm at the two and a half year mark with the girls and I'm not counting them separately. So, I mean, I could kind of, <laughs> I could kind of count those as two, but I don't know, just for, just for fun. I'm not, I'm not doing that. So, so my number is three and a half years and yeah, that's a little bit about me. So uh, let's continue on. Let's see, Shelly, tell us a little bit about yourself. I'm Shelly Rogers. I have three children. Coraline is six. Nora is three and Marigold is 11 months. And I have been nursing or pumping for 69 months. And I tandem nursed Coraline and Nora for 20 months. 
Yeah, almost here. Yeah. Yeah. yeah another tandem mama. Woohoo! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was a hoot, let me tell you. <laughs> it definitely has its own challenges, that's for sure. All right, Moon, tell us a little bit about yourself. Greetings, everyone. My name is African Moon. I'm from Detroit, Michigan. And I just added it up. I have been breastfeeding for 105 months. That is awesome. <laughs> I love it. That is fantastic. And I broke mine down in years. I'm going to have to bust out a calculator here and, and see what my months are. I know. I think Moon takes the cake. Well, my children are older. My children are older. I've been yeah. a mother for almost nine years now. So, Oh, wow. That is awesome. All right. So, Alicia, tell us a little bit about yourself. So, I'm Alicia Seifert. I have one son who is, he just turned one last month. I'm 33. I work in communications and I've been breastfeeding for 12 and a half months and I pumped for 12 months and then happily sent my pump to the basement. (laughs) (laughs) That's impressive. That's impressive to pump for that long. So was it primarily pumping at work or how did you do that? Yeah, pumping at work. I did a lot of pumping before I went back to work and then found out I had higher lipase in my milk. So all of my frozen milk tasted like soap and I couldn't use any of it. Oh, you're kidding. Oh, no. I've had that happen with some of my milk, but not like all of my milk. So, oh, my heart goes out to you. We ended up donating it, which was nice. Um, But it was really stressful when I found out at, you know, two weeks after I went back to work that I didn't have anything that I could use. So, but we made it to the one month or the one year mark in pumping. And then I was so happy to be done (laughs) with finding some (laughs) place to go and um, I work in a couple yeah. of different offices, so I always had to carry my pump with me everywhere. And Right. It was never a good time, and it was fairly miserable trying to do it. And then he wasn't even that fond of bottles, so I would pick him up from daycare, and she would tell me, like, oh, he only had about two ounces. And, like, I sent him with 15. Uh, <laughs> so it was really, like, adding insult to injury that I had all of this milk that he wasn't even yeah. drinking. Right. And I was killing myself to, you know, produce it. Well, still, kudos to you for being able to do it for as long as you did. I I have a little bit of experience with exclusive pumping, but it was only when my twins were preemies and they couldn't latch. And I know even for those two months of exclusive pumping, I was just beyond like get me out of this just because it was I'm not a really big pump person I I just love breastfeeding so much (laughs) that the pump thing drives me crazy it's a it it is something that we absolutely have to have in our society but it was just one of those things for me that that was a struggle so I I hear you on that front and but kudos for doing it for as long as you did (coughs) sounds familiar (coughs) if your baby is going through another bout of bad diaper rash then you need to give Dr. Mom Butt Balm a try. It was created by a mom who's also a doctor. When my kids were little, I remember using this thick, goopy cream to help soothe their sensitive skin. Ugh, it was so difficult to wipe off. Not with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. You only need a small amount, and it's really easy to apply and remove. It's also free of dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide, so it's gentle on your baby's delicate skin. Help your baby feel better and get relief from irritating diaper rash with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. Look for it on Amazon and Walmart.com. 
we kick off our conversation today, we have a news headline that we're going to talk about. Okay, I believe this is in Australia. And um, this is a positive story about a mom breastfeeding in public. I like to share these stories on the show because I feel like there's a lot of, we share a lot of stuff about, you know, people not supporting breastfeeding, but there are people out there that truly do want to help. And they may even be complete strangers, which is the case in this article here. So a mom by the name of Briar McQueen, which is just a fabulous name, by the way, like her parents get extra points for that because that's just amazing. So she was out in public with her eight-week-old son, and it says that she was at a cafe, and she happened to be breastfeeding her baby, and it says an elderly woman. I'm not sure if it actually lists her name, or sorry, her age. But anyway, so this elderly woman comes up to her, and honestly, the mom was like, oh no, she's going to tell me to cover up, she's going to like be mean about this, or you know, how dare I be you know, doing this in public kind of thing. And the, the only thing the elderly woman wanted to do was to help the mom be able to eat. And so she literally, of course she asked and stuff, but she helped the mom by cutting up her food so the mom didn't have to put the baby down, you know, and, and stop with the breastfeeding because, you know, then the baby goes crazy and stuff like that. And so she literally helped cut her food, which I just thought was just the most heartwarming thing, just because it was just so different than, you know, kind of what was going on in, in the mom's head. And so anyways, wanted to share the story and kind of get your lady's take on this and see what you thought. So Shelly, any thoughts on this article? I saw this, I guess it was last week or earlier this week, and I, every time I see it, it makes me tear up um, because it is so sweet. I, it, it honestly makes me want to cry. It's so such a sweet thing for that lady to do for her. I'm looking at the pictures. It's just, I mean, that's all I can do is I just want to tear up and cry. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's some just support there on another mom, even though she's a lot older, I'm assuming that this elderly woman was a, you know, is a mom and, you know, just kind of wanted to help out a fellow mom. So really nice bridging that, um, that generation gap even right there. So Alicia, any thoughts on your end about this article? You know, it just made me think of my own grandmother who passed away several years ago, but she breastfed five babies and it was back before they had car seats and that sort of thing. But um, whenever (laughs) the baby was hungry and she was holding him, my grandpa would say, well, you've got the milk right there, like no matter where they were, what they were doing. And I just kind of, I get a feeling of her, that generation was just so much better at appreciating like, well, this is what you have to do. And this is what your baby needs. And so we help each other out somewhere in that, like, the bottle feeding craze that that was my parents generation, we kind of lost some of that, you know, like, it's really important that you do this, and I'm going to help you do that. And she just sort of embodied that. That was I thought that I thought it was really wonderful when I read it. I felt like it was such a, a motherly thing for her to do, too. I think that's why I thought that the the elderly woman was a mom. Like, to cut, I mean, uh, you moms know this. Like, you know, how often do you have to cut your kids' food every day? It was just like, I don't know, just kind of, I don't know, just really sweet and very motherly, I thought, which was so beautiful about all this. Moon, what did you think? You know, my thoughts were right where yours was. When you're a breastfeeding mother, uh, whether you have one child or ten, you know, it becomes overwhelming. And just to have someone stop to mother, mother, I thought was absolutely beautiful. And it's so necessary when you hear a sea of negative everything about breastfeeding for us to just to stop and say, oh, that was so awesome. You know, I that it, it was so necessary. Right. 
All right. Well, we'll go ahead and we'll post the link to our Facebook page, Mamas, if you want to check this out and uh, share it because we need more positivity about breastfeeding in public. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Today we're talking about how to provide breast milk to your baby for the first year. And we're going to talk about this from a very practical point of view. I feel like most of the information out there, and honestly the boob group, we are guilty of doing this too, focuses on the mechanics of it. How do you get your baby to latch? And how do you hold your baby? But once you get past that, you know, there's a practical side to breastfeeding and just making it part of your life and being able to still live your life and do it and be able to care for your other kids and do it. And I don't feel like that is discussed as much. So that's the whole point of our conversation today. And we have a bunch of moms that are joining us that have breastfed their babies for at least a year and hopefully going to impart some knowledge <laughs> and uh, expertise and, and just some love on other mamas out there trying to do this. So one thing I didn't want to say off the top is that, you know, as far as recommendations are concerned, we hear we hear a lot about this. Like, how long should we be breastfeeding for? Um, there were a couple of things that I just wanted to pull. They're all pretty much saying the same thing. But ACOG, which stands for the American Congress of Obstetricians and Gynecologists, they recommend that you exclusively breastfeed for the first six months and then hopefully continue to breastfeed along with, you know, incorporating other foods for at least a year. And pretty much the AAP, which is the American Academy of Pediatrics, says the same thing, exclusively breastfeed for six months and then up to a year. And then the World Health Organization actually extends it a little bit more. They say exclusive breastfeeding for six months. Obviously, that's kind of been standard with all of them. And then other foods for up to two years. So they... They kind of extend it. The other two, ACOG and the AAP, don't say stop at a year. I want to just be very clear. They just say continue to breastfeed for as long as you can or as long as it makes sense for you and your baby. Whatever works best for you and your baby. But the WHO kind of extends it. says, no, we're actually going to say two. We're going to actually (laughs) say two years, if at all possible. All right. So in this first half of the conversation, I just wanted to reflect, for all of us to reflect on what worked for us for this first year. Reflect a little bit on your success and then, you know, what do you think really led to this? So the first thing that came to mind was goal setting. You know, before your baby was born and even maybe right after your baby was born, you were thinking about breastfeeding and pumping. Did anyone set up any goals or have any plans in mind? And then how did that factor in, do you think, to your overall success? Moon, let's start with you. Okay. Um, You know, I think what helped me with the success for my first daughter or for my first child, it was the fact that people didn't think I could do it. Mm. I'm just that kind of person that I have to prove people wrong. And people didn't think that one, as a black woman, that I would breastfeed. Two, as, you know, you go to work, you're going to school, you're not going to be able to to keep up with that breastfeeding thing, you know. So I, I had to prove them wrong. And I think that's what pushed me um, as far as my success goes. And then I was, when my daughter was about six months older, I think, I had a, a woman show me how to breastfeed with a baby wrap. 
that has saved my life. This is how come I've been able to breastfeed for the last eight years. <laughs> Baby wearing. I mean, it, it saves your life. You don't have to worry about anything. You tie your child to your chest and just go forth and do whatever. And it's the best thing. I, I tell you, if I could find her now, I would give her a big kiss because it. <laughs> she really did. She saved our breastfeeding lives. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, Shelly, what would you attribute your success to? Is there anything that stands out in your mind? I did set a goal for one year with my oldest. And like Moon, baby wearing was a huge contributing factor to success with nursing. I um, I was very fortunate to get a baby wearing shirt before I had my oldest. So I could put my daughter in the shirt and just kind of scoot her over to the left or scoot her over to the right and and nurse her. And it made such a difference. So that was that was probably the biggest contributor to to success too. I like I said, I agree with Moon. It was baby wearing was a big difference. All right. And Alicia, what would you attribute your success to? So my mom always called me a freight train and so <laughs> like Moon. Um I think a big part of it was just that I was gonna do this and we had a really complicated pregnancy, really complicated delivery, but this was something that I felt like I could have control over and nothing was going to stop me. Um, so it was kind of half sheer force of will, half really supportive partner. <laughs> I did, we did some baby wearing. Um, my child tends to get really, really hot really, really quickly and does not like to touch me. <laughs> um, so that only lasted for a little while. Um, but I also, I have really, really large breasts really large. And I felt like I was not going to get through life with these giant boobs and not use them. And like, I, <laughs> it had to, like I could not have them for that many years and not have some functional purpose out of them. Um, so my, I love that. my sister who hers aren't quite as large, but they are still pretty big. Um, she wasn't able to breastfeed. She never produced enough milk at all. Like she had insufficient glandular tissue. And it's been a point to her that like she tried and tried and tried and she's got these huge boobs and she can't use them for what they're, what they're there for. So I kind of felt like I was taking on her part too. <laughs> I'm going to do this for both of us. <laughs> Make sure that they get used and they're, they're there for a reason. So it was a good combination of those two things. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. So I mentioned goal setting. Did anyone set out and really have a specific goal in mind? Like, hey, I want to breastfeed for a year or two years or, hey, I just want to make it past the first month. Did anyone have anything in mind like that from, from the get-go or even when you were still pregnant? I never thought about breastfeeding when I was pregnant. The thought never entered into my mind. And I'm I'm not really organized enough to say that I set goals. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was just like, you know what, this is kind of this is kind of awesome. You know, I don't have to put anything other than throw a diaper in my pocket and then I can just go, you know, so we just kept on that way. And then my daughter was a total boob babe. So I don't care where we were. Um, her breastfeeding sessions became like dessert. So whenever she would finish eating, she had to finish off her meal with breast milk. And she, she stayed like that until she was like three. So 
I didn't fight it. It's like, okay, she's had a big meal. I'm thinking she's done. And she's like, no, uh, now it's time to nurse, you know? So <laughs> I just followed her lead where, where, when that came, it's like, okay, well, she wants to, she wants to keep going and I'm just going to let her. Right. I think sometimes we can get these dates or these time periods in our head like, oh, I've got to do this for this amount of time. And then if we're struggling, let's let's just say we have the six month mark in mind. Right. And we're really struggling at month two. I think sometimes it can work against us just based on my own personal experience, because I'm like, oh, my gosh, I've got four more months of this, you know. And so I understand even for people that are more type A kind of personality that want to set more goals and have, you know, things in mind as far as dates are concerned and stuff, kind of keep that in mind, I found that dates actually, overall, I would say dates helped me in the beginning reach the six month. And then when I got to six month, I was like, now I think I can do a year. Can I do a year? I think I can do a year. And then I got to the one year mark. And then after that, I just threw everything out the book. After that, I was like, you know what, you know, with my twins, my by the way, my twins were the only ones that I breastfed that long. Uh, my boys, uh, so my first two were boys. So my first son was about six months and, and same thing really for my second son. And I was really personally disappointed by that. That wasn't my plan. My plan was to breastfeed them a lot longer than that. And just other things kind of got in the way and education and everything that probably could get in the way. And so with my girls, I just kind of was like, and I think what helped me too is knowing that the twins were my last planned pregnancy. Like after that, like if if I get pregnant, you know, surprise, (laughs) but we're not planning to have any more kids. And I think knowing going into it that I wasn't able to do what I wanted to do with my first two really, really motivated me. And knowing that these are my last babies that I'm planning to have. So if I, it's now or never. So it's kind of like putting a little bit of pressure on me, I guess, in that regard. But it was good pressure. But then, like I said, once I got to the one year mark, I'm like, eh, whatever the girls want to do is fine. And now we're at two and a half years. <laughs> I'm like, what are, what are you doing? How long are you going to do this for? But again, for, for me, it's more about them. You know, as long as they make the decision, I'm fine with it. You know, I don't want someone else making the decision for them. But other than that, like, whatever, it works for me. I actually worked with women on my previous job that everyone who had a baby pumped for a full year. And it wow. just kind of set this expectation in my mind, like, well, that's what you do. And I I knew that breastfeeding would be hard. And everyone said, like, once you get through the first month, once you, once you get through the second month, like, it gets easier, it gets better. So I kept keeping that in mind because it was a struggle in the beginning, for sure. And then I just sort of had this idea that, well, everybody just pumps for a year, right? Not really knowing that (laughs) that's actually kind of unusual (laughs) and and really a lot of work. Um, And I mean, to the benefit, the place that I worked at the time was really accommodating. And so it was not easy, but women were definitely able to pump for a full year. So I kind of went into it thinking like, well, yeah, they say breastfeed for a year. So I'll breastfeed for a year and I'll pump for a year. And, you know, maybe I'll even pump longer than that. And then as you kind of get into the like seven, eight, nine, ten months of pumping, you realize how hard that is. But so I definitely started out with the idea that oh, I'm definitely going to breastfeed for a year, just coming from that mindset. And then my month to month goals are like, okay, I'm just, let's just get to the hard part. Like once we get through the hard part, it's supposed to be easy. Like, so just kind of waiting for that easy part to kick in. And then, and then it did. And we were kind of home free after that. All right. What about lactation support or even being part of breastfeeding support groups? Mamas, did you have any experience with that? Did that help you personally in your journey, Moon? What would you say to that? 
I say breastfeeding support groups rock because my family did not breastfeed. So I would get, oh, there are those things again, you know. <laughs> so it, it definitely helped to have people around that not necessarily would just agree with me, but that I could see that, yes, her child is a year old and she's still doing it. Like, wait, her child just walked over to her and laid across her lap. So, you know, so all of those things that people kept saying, oh, my God, she's still breastfeeding. She's going to be breastfeeding until high school, you know. Like, those things weren't important in that group because everyone was doing it. So it it definitely made life a lot easier just to see it, just to be around people who are doing the same things that I was doing. Good. And Shelly or Alicia, did you guys have experience with using lactation consultants or educators and being part of these groups? Did that help you at all? It did me. I went to the Leche League when I was pregnant with my first, and that was a big influence because like Moon, I saw women that were, you know, had older kids that were breastfeeding, um, or I say older kids, toddlers and, and a little older than that. And that's how I actually met my lactation consultant was through the Leche League. And that was a big influence, just seeing, like Moon said, seeing women who were nursing their toddlers and kids just walking up to them and nursing and even seeing the the little babies and the six-month-olds, that helped tremendously put in my mind that this is completely normal and this is what I wanted to do. All right. Alicia, what uh, was your situation? We saw several lactation consultants at the beginning. I'd used a nipple shield for the first couple of months, and we had some issues with latch and weight loss and all of those fun things after he was born. Um, So we saw a lactation consultant probably every three days for the first two weeks. And it, it really helped. We I think we counted up that we saw like 16 different people who were termed lactation consultant, but there were two that were actually really, really helpful. And then I didn't go to any groups, um, but around the eight and a half, nine month mark, we actually started having some latch issues. And I had like the cracked bleeding nipples that you expect when you first have a newborn. And so I contacted the lactation consultant in my OBGYN's office. And we actually went in for a consultation when he was about 10 months old, which they had the little baby weighing scale and everything. And we were like, well, I'm not concerned he's not getting enough. Um, <laughs> I'm mostly concerned about why I'm bleeding. So, but that was a great visit. And it, it felt a little awkward at first because that lactation consultation, it's designed for little babies. It's designed for the new kids. And here he was 10 months old and crawling, but we still needed help. and. If I hadn't gone in, it probably would have been the end of our nursing. I had to use ointment. I had a lot, like, it was just really painful and uncomfortable. And I met with the, um, the consultation or the consult and it was, it was wonderful. Like she was really helpful. She gave me some tips. You know, he was getting really distracted. He was also dealing with ear infections. And so like positioning him in a way that was comfortable for him and enabled him to latch properly and, kind of timing things so that he wasn't super distracted by things going on around him really helped. And I also got to talk to her on a personal level and she was also nursing a almost two year old and gave me some insights that I wouldn't have otherwise had because no one in my family had breastfed for that long. And I did get a lot of those questions like, well, how long are you going to let him do that for? Or, you know, would you care if you had to give him a bottle or, or give him formula? And it was really nice just to have that perspective of, I understand what you're trying to do and here's how we can make it happen and it can stop hurting. Um, so that was, it was 
completely invaluable at the time. Yeah. I think support is probably one of the biggest things that can help us as as breastfeeding moms. It doesn't mean it has to come from, you know, professional. Moon brought up friends and family um, and not having a lot of support within her family. What kind of support did you ladies have overall with family? Was, was that an important part of your success? My sister had nursed, so she was pretty supportive, but her kids weaned at like nine months, she said. So I didn't have any experience with family members after anyone nursing after that. And um, my mom at first wasn't, she was confused because she couldn't nurse my sister and me when we were babies. So she was kind of confused as well. How long you nurse? When do you give water? Why can't you just do this? But after it was just kind of a, I don't know, I guess they got used to me nursing so much (laughs) that it just became normal. Um, If not a joke that I was always whipping my boobs out and feeding a kid it got to where I actually found a lot more support within my family and my, even my extended family with nursing and nursing longer. I had uh, an uncle, a great uncle tell me that my, Oh goodness, like, I don't know, another cousin of his who would come home from first grade and nurse. Yeah. (laughs) When this is back in the thirties. So it was just apparently common in the older generation of my family. And then, my generation was doing it again. So I had a whole lot of support, it turned out, which was surprising. Yeah, I think for me, support has kind of waned. And we I think we actually did a whole episode on uh, different types of support, a couple different episodes, actually support from partners, and then, you know, support in general. And mine's kind of changed over the years. I, I think everyone knew how bad I wanted to, to breastfeed and breastfeed, you know, for as long as I possibly could. And I think everyone was super duper supportive through the first year. <laughs> and then after that, I started to get the comments that you guys were talking about, especially from my mom, which I was kind of surprised of. I was breastfed as a baby. And not for extremely long, I think for like four months, but my mom was always very pro breastfeeding. But now when I see her, because like I said, I'm still feeding my my twins, I'm still breastfeeding my twins. And so she kind of gives me that, aren't you done yet? Kind of look like, really, you got to whip those out. And it's not that she's modest. She's not modest or anything like that. I I don't know what it is. I don't know. But I, I kind of would expect her to be a little bit more understanding than she is. But I feel like I'm in the education role now with them. Like they they're, they're seeing it more more now with me. And I think that it's breaking down some barriers, at least with my own family to know that, okay, you really can do that. And, you know, my girls are older, they're not always on my breasts, you know, it's just they fall down, they hurt themselves, they want to nurse like it's it's definitely a comfort thing. But man, like I'm gonna be really sad when they want to give it up because I just love it. I just love it. And I just kind of roll with, you know, whatever they want to do. So I mentioned this a little bit earlier, as far as me and my progression with my kids and that, you know, I got to my twins. I'm like, oh, I'm really going to do this for at least a year now. Um, But for the moms that have more than one child, how did that impact things for you? Was it was it easier because you kind of knew what to expect? Or or what did you experience, Moon? You know, I had a a mixture of the two. So when my daughter was born, we have a we had a lot of issues initially getting her to latch. And when I had my second child, I had worked through all of those things, you know, so it made life a lot easier. But once he got older and he started giving, getting heavier and he was a little bit more busy, then I realized like, wow, I'm, I have two children, you know, like they're running and they're chasing me and and now I'm supposed to actually sit down and breastfeed. Like what the (laughs) hey? So that took a little maneuvering uh, once he got a little bit older to figure out 
how can I continue to breastfeed a very busy male child when I had another child? So again, baby wearing definitely helped uh, in those situations. Um, and now that I have my third child and I'm I'm homeschooling and everything, the support of my my son's father, he's super supportive. So it's like, OK, well, while you're nursing, I'll talk to the children for a minute or, you know, I'll tie him on and he'll nurse while I'm, I'm teaching my my elder two children. So the more children I have, the more complicated it becomes. <laughs> but. But I have been able to pull in more support because now people know, like they know Moon is that that she that's just what she does. That's she's the breastfeeding person. So I have more support in that sense. And then my family really has have become very supportive of my breastfeeding when they weren't initially. You know, the the longer it goes, it's like, oh, wow, you can do that. Oh, I didn't know that. You know, I, my mother, who was a big naysayer when I first started breastfeeding, she actually stopped going out with us when I had my daughter because she's like, I don't want to see your breast out. So you go ahead and go to the store. I'll stay home. <laughs> and it's like, really? But now she tells folks, look, that's just what she does. So you're going to even have to deal with it or you know stick your head in the sand because she's gonna breastfeed so you might as well just get used to it you know so those kind of things eight years down the line really does help in order for me to to be able to say yeah I have three babies everybody's moving everybody wants to watch me watch them entertain uh they they try to entertain me in some fashion mama I need you to watch me hop on my foot and all of these kind of things but now people are helping in different ways. So that, that helps me further my breastfeeding relationship with my third child. And Shelly, what, what's your experience been? I tandem nursed my first and second for, like I said, almost two years until I got pregnant with my third. And then I cut everybody off because I wanted a break. But the biggest surprise for me when I had my second was I actually went to the lactation consultant when she was about two or three days old. Because as I told the consultant... Said, I can't just tell her how to change her mouth when she's not latching correctly. And that's what I'm used to doing with my mm. oldest because mm. she was three and I could say, okay, Coraline, you know, you need to open your mouth wider. You need to not try and bite with your teeth. You need to use your lips. And, you know, and so with a newborn, I had no clue. It, it just all left my brain as to how to do a latch correctly and all that. So <laughs> that was a little surprising with having a second one, but I kind of tossed all my goals out the window with my second because I knew I had gone three years at that point with my first that it was just like, you know what, I'll just nurse as long as she wants to nurse and you know, whatever happens, happens. I'm fine. And we joked because my second is much more independent. We joked that she would wean uh, sooner than her older sister, which almost is what happened because my oldest nursed for almost uh, five years and she didn't want to stop nursing. And my middle one was like, okay, whatever. If you don't want to nurse, that's fine. You know, I mean, it was, it was just <laughs> night and day. And then my um, third, she's been the challenging one, honestly, but because I would tandem nurse the older two and I was used to being stepped on and crawled over. Um, my third one's very wiggly. So I was just kind of used to it at that point. I'm used to being crawled on and pushed and kicked and, smushed in the face and whatever she 
her little arms and legs are wanting to do at the time. And it has made it to where, um, like Moon said, people, I don't know if I would call it support. I don't know if people are more supportive of me nursing, if it's just they've accepted it as a fact and <laughs> know that there's <laughs> nothing they can do about it. So they just go on with their lives because my work just kind of accepts that I'm pumping. I mean, there's there's no discussion about it. You know, it's just that is like Moon said, that is what she does. She breastfeeds. So she's doing this. Yeah. So I think that's made me the breastfeeding person of my little circle of people. (laughs) Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm glad that we're making these, you know, kind of changing people's minds a little bit. I think a lot of it's unintentional. Like we're just doing what we think is best for our babies. And if that helps change the minds of people, I think, I think that that's great. It's just, it's normalizing breastfeeding. We say this a lot, right? Okay. Well, when we come back, we're going to explore some of the challenges. We've been talking about our success and everything, which is awesome, but we want to kind of dive into some of the challenges that we have faced and how we overcame them. Perhaps we're still working through some of this. And we're also going to share what advice we have for moms out there that are just now getting into it in the beginning. So we'll be right back. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. All right, welcome back. We're continuing our discussion about breastfeeding for one year and how to actually make it happen. We're giving you practical tips from moms who have been there, done that. And uh, we've been talking a lot about success. I want to now talk about some of the roadblocks or challenges. I don't want to get, you know, in everyone's mind that it's all gumdrops and rainbows because it, you know, it, it isn't always. There's a lot of amazing moments. But then after you have an amazing moment, you could go downhill really fast. And it's just a matter of picking yourself back up and having people to, like we talked about earlier, support you and encourage you so you can get back up and try it again. So mamas, what was your biggest concern or did you have any real big concerns going into this? What would you say, Moon? I didn't have any concerns going into this. What has become a concern now is uh, my son is seven months old and my four-year-old has decided that I must like my son, my seven-month-old, more than him because I won't let him nurse anymore. Oh. So that has become a problem that I was never expecting. You know, he, he talks, he remembers, he remembers breastfeeding, you know. But when I got pregnant, I'm like, you know, mom needs a couple months before I start on the next one, you know. (laughs) And yeah, so he's like, wow, so you don't love me anymore or you love Zokaius more than me. And that sort of hurt my feelings. It's like, no, you know, we luckily he's very intelligent, you know, so we got a chance to sit down and, and have these discussions. But I have noticed I get dirty looks from him every now and again uh, when my son is is nursing. So, yeah, that that has become a, a problem that within the last two or three weeks, actually, 
be like, well, you know, Zokaius is a big boy now, mom. He's sitting up and he's crawling. Maybe he shouldn't have to nurse anymore either. You know, so, wow. And it's like, wow, I'm really surprised by that. I was never expecting it. Yeah. Oh, that's really interesting. I have had some similar things happen, not directly with my older children wanting to breastfeed, but, you know, breastfeeding is a very personal kind of experience. And, and I cradle my girls when I'm breastfeeding them and stuff, and I stroke their hair and I give them kisses. And I have noticed that my older boys will want to come sit on my lap while I'm doing that. Now, keep in mind, I got two, two and a half year old toddlers already in my lap breastfeeding them. And then I have a six year, almost six year old boy that wants to come sit on my lap and then perhaps a four year old boy that wants to come sit in my lap. So I have noticed that a little bit, but I don't know if it's a little bit of jealousy there. And um, they haven't asked to latch. Uh, I haven't had that happen yet, but I've noticed that a little bit too. What would you say, Shelly, is your, or was your biggest concern going into this? I don't know if I really had any major concerns. You know, I had the same kind of issues with my oldest and my second as far as, uh, honestly, the, that's the reason I tandem nursed was to keep the um, jealousy down to a minimum. Because my older daughter, she and I have to work at our bond. And we really have to make sure that we connect. Whereas my second is very natural. And so I don't have to work as hard with her. So I think that nursing was a big bond for uh, Coraline and I. And I didn't want to give that up and make her feel like we didn't have something to bond on. So that was why I let her continue to nurse when um, after Nora was born. And I mean, we set some ground rules of, you know, the baby gets the milk first and or you can have this side while she's having that side. And, and it actually ended up I've got some really cute pictures of the two of them sitting in my lap. It kind of became a ritual when, when I would get home from work that one would get on one side and one would get on the other and we'd stay that way for, gosh, you know, 20, 30 minutes with the two of them nursing. And I think that helped kind of um, really give Coraline a sense of connection with me. It wouldn't have come as naturally if we hadn't nursed and hadn't continued to nurse for five years. So I didn't really have any super big challenges other than having to make sure that she didn't feel left out. Because if she had, I think that would have really um, hurt her emotionally. If, if she, she wouldn't have handled feeling left out very well at all. I don't think just sitting and talking to her would have worked. Whereas with my second, with Nora, she didn't care if she nursed or not after we were done. And with, so I never had to tandem nurse her with my third. And I know, Alicia, we've been talking a lot about breastfeeding more than one baby, and, and you had one child. So um, what were some of the challenges, you know, or did you have any concerns from the beginning or, or challenges throughout? Yeah, in the beginning, I was worried mostly because both of my sisters had trouble breastfeeding. And um, one of my sisters had to use a nipple shield, and she was able to nurse, but she didn't go past her, like, 12-week maternity leave. And then my other sister that I mentioned earlier just wasn't able to at all. And so I felt like I listened to every episode of the boob group. I read every online discussion board. I tried to figure out all of the like common predicaments and problems that people encountered so that I'd be able to, to figure out what was, what was wrong when something was wrong. And of course it doesn't always work that way. <laughs> um, so I did a ton of research and we still had a lot of problems early on, but it was really that one-on-one -on -one interaction that actually got me through it. But I was nervous about, about a lot of it, and I really didn't want to have to use a nipple shield. I knew that they were handed out pretty regularly as sort of a instant fix when babies have 
trouble latching and I was really, really resistant to using one. Um, and I ended up having to use one. I have really flat nipples and he just was not able to latch at all. So we used one and then the struggle of getting off of it, just not knowing, even with all the research that I did and I felt like I was really prepared, there was still so much that I didn't know. And one of the things that I wish I had known about before I ever gave birth was instead of a nipple shield, they have this Lansino makes a nipple everter that kind of, it's like a plunger that pulls your nipple out. And I had never heard of it before. And so I was researching how to get him off the shield and I found it. And I think we used it for like two days. And then after that, he was good. Like he figured it out. Like it was just enough. It was just what we needed. And I felt like simultaneously really happy, but at the same time, frustrated that I hadn't had it from the beginning. And looking back, you know, now I, now I know that I'll be prepared for the second one. There were a lot of things that there are, I mean, it made nursing in public really difficult. It made latching anywhere, but like on the couch with a bobby really hard to do. And I think that's where my older sister really had a struggle was that she always had to have the shield with her. And I knew that I wanted to get get past that, again, that like establishing your routine period of time and getting to the, the time where it's just like wonderful and regular and you're, you're like quiet bonding time together. And I was really nervous I would never get to that. Would you say that your experience with the nipple shield was your biggest challenge that you had with your baby? Probably. I also had overactive letdown and oversupply. Um, so we dealt with some of the, like the green frothy poop and having to manually express before feeding. I couldn't go too long between feedings. So going out in public or if he slept a really long time, I'd have to run and, and express manually first and then, then let him latch on. But I would say that the nipple shield was probably the major, the major hurdle just because it did make it so much harder, especially when you're out in public because you're trying to like hold the baby and hold the shield and, and get comfortable. And I mean, I can remember we were at the zoo and he was two months old and it was just before we got off the nipple shield, but like trying to hold him and I was wearing him and a carrier, but trying to like keep him in the right position, keep the shield in position. And like, we're out in the sun, there's people everywhere. It was really hot and noisy. And I just wanted to throw that nipple shield in the trash right then. (laughs) (laughs) I would have if he had just like gone with it. But yeah, yeah. He was resistant at first. He really liked it at first. So yeah, Uh, yeah, I have some experience with nipple shields. And I I would probably say that that was one of the issues that I had with my first two. And it was using it for too long, and then just getting frustrated with it, not being able to find it. And ultimately, I think that probably contributed to me not being able to nurse him for as long as I wanted to. With Shelly and with Moon, what would you say your biggest challenges overall? If you if you look back at all your breastfeeding, so, so not necessarily all with the same child, right? What would you say was the biggest issue that you encountered and how did you overcome it? Shelly? I had thrush for, oh gosh, almost two years with nursing Coraline and Nora, tandem nursing. I fought that off and on for a long time. And that was very hard. And that was one reason why I weaned both of them when I got pregnant with my third, because it was, that was probably the hardest part of nursing Nora. Um, And thankfully I've I've almost forgotten about it. (laughs) And it hasn't colored the whole experience, but that was, that was probably the hardest part of nursing Nora. And then Marigold um, has been kind of a high needs baby. She, um, she's very 
it needs to be on me. I mean, my husband can hold her and she'll scream and scream and scream. And, and once I take her, she just immediately calms down. So it has it's something about me. So she's very kind of clingy and needs to be on me or with me if I'm around. And her nursing has been challenging because she's had reflux and I mean, still has it. She's on medication for that. And she had an upper lip and tongue tie that we got diagnosed when she was probably about six weeks old that had to get released. And that made a huge difference in nursing, but it still has been a challenge to figure out why is she crying so much? What's going on with her? You know, there's, there's obviously a problem. Let's, you know, try to sort it and work it out. And I mean, for a good six months, it was, it was just fighting with her crying and trying to nurse her and trying to give her a bottle with medicine or trying to give her medicine or trying to get her to latch properly. So it's her nursing experience has probably been the hardest. And then she was my only biter. So I have had a hard, I haven't had an easy time figuring out how to deal with the biting. Yeah. <laughs> that and my other two did not bite, but maybe once. And that was enough. And she's a consistent biter, not just me. I mean, she bites my husband too. It was very uh, validating when she actually, he was shirtless and she bit his nipple. That was oh very, boy. very validating for me. But <laughs> excuse me. She, um, so those are, she's been my more challenging baby to nurse out of the all three. And Moon, is there one big challenge that you can think of when you look back on all your babies and all your breastfeeding experiences? You know, my biggest challenge with breastfeeding didn't come from myself or my children. It came from the outside world harassing me in some form or fashion when I would go out and breastfeed in public. So that became really difficult for me because after you know, you you know, I've, we we've talked about this where I've had the police called on me. I I had websites talking about you know the N word breastfeeding mother and all of these kind of things. So that became a big struggle because while I'm trying to breastfeed, I'm trying to figure out how to have two children and. You know, that in itself is is difficult and and I have all of the hormones and and now all of a sudden I'm like this hussy who who wants to just show her boobs to everyone. And and that became my biggest my biggest challenge with being harassed uh, when I wanted to breastfeed my children and being able to overcome that, I think, is how come I'm able to say, yeah, you know, we stuck through it. Because everyone didn't think we could. That's how come I've been able to breastfeed for almost nine years. But uh, yeah, that was that was a big struggle for me because the outside world couldn't stand to see Moon breastfeeding for some reason. Well, that's so frustrating. But, you know, I mean, that's one of the reasons we do these episodes, right? To help, you know, other people to just feel more comfortable with the situation. We bring up topics that people don't feel that comfortable about, you know, talking about to to raise awareness. So I guess we can just keep doing what we're doing. And hopefully we're we're making a difference out there. But Mama's like, we're out of time. But thank you so much for being part of our conversation today and sharing your experience and what worked for you and breastfeeding for at least a year. If you are part of the Boob Group Club, then be sure to check 
check out the bonus content for this episode. So now that our moms have breastfed for at least a year, sounds like, you know, in a lot of our situations, a lot more than that. What advice do they have for other moms out there? So if you want the answer to that question, be sure to subscribe and be part of our boob group club. And there's more information on that on our website. Just check out the member section of the website. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, so we have a question from one of our listeners. This comes from Ginger, and she posted it on our Facebook page. Ginger says, how can I relactate? I just stopped nursing and pumping a couple weeks ago. Hi, Ginger. This is Michelle Stolberger, an IBCLC in the Washington, D.C. area with Metropolitan Breastfeeding. Great question about relactating. The short answer is that yes, you can relactate. However, without having a consultation and getting a full history from you, The best advice I can give is to begin pumping frequently as you need to tell your body that milk production is needed. Depending on where you are in the process, though, it's important to work closely with a qualified IBCLC or physician as there are several medical protocols that can be followed to assist with this. One of these protocols is the Newman-Goldfarb protocol. That's N-E-W-M-A-N, Goldfarb, G-O-L-D-F-A-R-B protocol. And you can find that online through a Google search. Good luck. That wraps up our show for today. Thanks so much for listening to The Boob Group. Don't forget to check out our sister show, Preggy Pals, for expecting parents, newbies for newly postpartum moms, parent savers for moms and dads with toddlers, and twin talks for parents of multiples. This is The Boob Group, where moms know breast. This has been a new mommy media production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of New Mommy Media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, Please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider. How would you like to have your own show on the New Mommy Media Network? We're expanding our lineup and looking for great content. If you're a business or organization interested in learning more about our co-branded podcasts, visit our website at newmommymedia.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, mamas. 
Don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.